All right. What is up? Oh, I look awful. Welcome to the Real Boys podcast and uh, video cast, whatever you guys call it. Uh, welcome. This week we are watching uh, Collateral Beauty, my number three favorite movie. Um, and we have the group. I'll go ahead and introduce them in. Uh, first, do we? Who do we have? Michael Colby. Hey, it's me. What is up? What did Not you? Not much. Uh, I just uh, review. I just wanted to say before we get started that Chris, I like you as a person. Um, I find you enjoyable to be around and talk to. Uh, but I don't think we can ever go like see a movie together because uh, that would just be a miserable experience. This this just didn't do anything for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand that, Michael. I understand um, that you grew up uh, living in a sewer, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Michael has no family and doesn't understand emotion. <laughs> <laughs> well, half of that is true. I do have a family, um, but no, I don't understand emotions. <laughs> Michael's best friend is a donut. So I don't know. <laughs> no, I. Well, that's also my girlfriend is a donut. So, um, yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll definitely get to more uh, of of the through the movie, and um, we also uh, who else we got? We got. Uh, let's invite the next person. We got Dan Lovely. How do you say it? Did I say it right? I've never said your name. Hey. Are you muted? Yes, you did say it right. Good job. Hey, you said Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> did your kid think about <laughs> Well, I like them. I actually like the movie. It was it was I can see why it's it's one of your favorite movies because it's a very feely movie. There's a lot of feels in here. Yeah. Was this your first time watching it? Yes, it was. Okay. Well, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> It was it was fairly decent. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it in my top five, but it was fairly decent. Okay, I enjoyed it. Well, this is gonna be a fun conversation. I'm excited. I wish we had other people, but it's me, you, and Mike. So then, bring everyone in. <laughs> oh wow, that's three. Okay, cool. <laughs> so off, I gotta say, this is my. I'm a huge fan of Will Smith. Um, he's probably my number one favorite actor. Uh, grew up on him. Most I don't think there's a movie that I actually hate of his. We, me and Mike talked about it a little bit after Earth. I wasn't a fan of, but other than that, I love almost every Will Smith movie. Same with Mark Wahlberg. Um, I seen this in theaters the day it came out, and it was I didn't know what it was because I don't think it got a ton of um, it didn't get a ton of commercial or like promotion for this movie. So a lot of people don't even know that it exists or have never seen it. Um, it's 88 million in box office on a $36 million budget. So it obviously wasn't, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. This movie. Squeaky chair. I do like it for, it was something that not knowing what it was going into it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. So um, that's why it's my number three. So how y'all want to start it? What do y'all, I was kind of confused though. Like, were they actually actors? Because at the end, they like they're at the bridge, but they kind of disappeared. That was the, that's like the it's twist like a up. symbolism or something. It was the idea was that they were actually not actors. They were put in the the place that they were actually death time and uh, love oh. playing. 
playing themselves. Boom. Good writing. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Next movie, folks. <laughs> that is, yes, they were um, themselves playing actors, playing themselves, which is just great. Why don't you like that, Michael? Why don't you like the big twist? Was it, it did you guess it before the end? Uh, it was just. I said this before we started the show, but this movie has my least favorite type of writing where the emotion, like everything that this movie wants you to think and feel is spelled out for you. It doesn't, it doesn't respect your time. It tells you what you're supposed to be feeling. And I hate that. Um, when, uh, just like, if that was the case, if the case was that they were the personifications of these abstract things, like, it just, it, it doesn't make any sense. Why, why did Will Smith's friends hire them to make him seem crazy so that he would sell his shares. Why didn't he's nothing like nothing made any sort of logical sense. Everything was feelings and all of the feelings were just dumped onto you. The, the movie had no subtlety. It was just like, and then you have the woman who's trying to have a baby who's getting older and trying to have a baby you have the guy who has cancer. You have the guy who's going through a divorce and his child hates him. You have <laughs> the guy whose wife, uh, whose whose kid died, and like of I mean, I'm assuming that most people who have a kid who died, you know, that tears families apart, and that's terrible. But like her the woman who's running the grief counseling thing being his ex-wife or whatever and then them get it was all just so so i, I don't even know how to explain it it's just <laughs> like it's just like you're going to feel sad and you have no choice and there's nothing in this movie but sad 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 i'm just you have to be sad and the thing was that i knew that this movie was in was manipulating me so i wasn't feeling sad i was feeling annoyed because <laughs> i knew that the movie wanted me to feel sad you're a rebel okay so you're a rebel right <laughs> You can sit through this whole movie and not feel one one ounce of sadness. You're you're heartless. <laughs> Brain so bad that he is like it because it's not like it's a horrible story. It's not like it's like just complete trash. Um, it had good acting in it. It was it, it was uh, thing that to make a good movie, and it was just because they were trying to make you feel sad. You're like, you know what? I don't want to like this. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. 
No, no, no. Uh, the acting, the acting was definitely he, Chris. The thing that I love the most about Chris's microphone is you can't hear it if somebody else is talking. So if <laughs> See, I keep talking, <laughs> you're not going to hear anything from Chris. So here I go. Um, uh, it wasn't that I didn't want to feel sad. Like when a movie does a good job of explaining you know what's going on and you know it makes you feel your emotions naturally that's fine but this movie it it didn't feel like it was trying to make me feel sad it felt like it was manipulating me into feeling sad it was like you have no choice and that drives me crazy like give me some respect like respect my intelligence let me figure out how i'm supposed to feel don't force it down my throat. <laughs> but isn't that how life is? <laughs> life <laughs> us into being sad. That's no. how it feels. It's a lot. It's always, I don't know how your life is. You must have a good life. My life is full of sadness. <laughs> and it feels like all the time, like you feel like you're forced into a certain thing. And I, that's why I like this movie is because it's so much, but it's realistic. Things like that happen where it's an abundance of just trash. And for it to be so much, you'd be like, ah, I, I want to, when I'm watching a movie, I want to be entertained. Is that, is that in a positive, negative way? It's like, okay, I used to work at Hana Houses. And they taught us at the Hana House that your job was to entertain the actor in any form necessary. So your job is to scare him, but your real job is to entertain him and to get a reaction. So if you couldn't scare him, your next tac tactic was to gross them out. If you couldn't gross them out, you're supposed to make them laugh. If you couldn't make them laugh, you're supposed to make them feel weird or something like that. That was the idea. So when I go to a movie, if I go in with no intention of knowing what the movie is, I love the fact that it's making me feel some kind of way. Is it angry? Is it sad? No matter what it is, even if they're forcing it on me, I'd rather I like to be forced. I like it a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, see, the thing about life is life lets you pick. Life lets you choose. You know, if you have a bunch of shit, I, I mean, I've had shit dumped on me my whole life, too. Like, everybody has. But it's not forcing me to feel bad about it. Like, I can take the sadness that I feel from some tragedy and turn it around and make myself, you know, you know, you can be sad about it for a while, but then you have the choice as to what you're going to do with that sadness. This movie and this type of movie doesn't let you feel how you're going to feel. It makes you feel how it wants you to feel. And that's not how life is. Life doesn't make you feel a certain way. Life gives you situations and then lets you deal with it. This movie did not let me deal with anything. It said, you're going to be sad. You're going to watch this guy die of cancer. You're going to watch this kid's, this guy's kid hate him. You're going to watch, you know, this, and then you're going to see Will Smith and his ex-wife get back together because he was finally able to deal with it. But we're also not going to tell you what happened with their advertising company or whatever. It, it didn't let me deal with anything. When, when I have emotions, which is not very often, um, but I like to be able to process them and deal with them how I want to. 
and this movie also wasn't entertaining. But you were right. The the acting is fantastic. Like Will Smith is great in this. Everybody who's in it is great. But they didn't have anything, you know, like Will Smith was chewing it up. Like he was over sad that whole time. And I imagine that that's sort of what the script gave him. It was like, like, take however you would feel about your child dying, which I never had to deal with that. So I don't know. But three years later, and he's still, you know, comatose, basically. Like, he's in a walking stupor the entire movie. Like, that's too much, maybe. I don't know. That that would be tough because you can't really, you know, that, that does happen in real life. Especially, you know, you, you never get over that, especially as a young child uh, with something like that. Um, so, I, I, you know, I don't know that experience either, but I could just, I w- wouldn't even want to imagine it. No, and, I, I don't want to think about it either. Yeah, so for him to have to get into that character, I couldn't see you playing it in any other way. You know, imagine doing that and then trying to be, you know, playing a happy character. It just wouldn't have made sense. Um, which I understand, but I do think the acting was really good. Um, I would have said this movie was entertaining because I, 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 I'm confused by that comment. I get what you're saying about the, they did for us. They did, they didn't make you want to feel sad because it was just a sad movie. But sometimes, um, in movies, they're telling a story, and in this particular particular story, it was a sad story. And it had a lot of layers of sadness on top of sadness on top of sadness. And sometimes that is people's lives. And sometimes that is how the story goes. And I do think that's why I like this so much. And uh, because it um, it isn't as as usual that you see it, um, especially for a Will Smith movie. Not saying he has movies that have this line of like seven pounds and pursuit of happiness, have this tone of sadness of a struggle that he's going through. But what I liked about it was the twist and the side characters, because this wasn't a whole lot of Will Smith, even though compared to other movies he's in as a main character, it was really his side characters that were really the show. And he was this quiet character that didn't talk. And I loved that aspect of the movie for the fact that he was the main character, but didn't hold this huge script even though he did, you know what I'm saying? And there were twists at the ends that I didn't expect because in Will Smith movies, there aren't really twists. When you see a Will Smith movie, it's pretty straight out for you. It's not mm-hmm. like this crazy turn at the end. Um, and if there, I, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head if there is. So I liked that, that it was something that I don't think I've really seen him in. Like I, like it did have a bunch of feelings in it. Like mo- most of the time, you're sad. But when I found out, like the friends were like manipulating him to think that he was crazy, that kind of pissed me off. But then you realize that they had their own reason to do it. And but then you're back to sad again. So it's pretty much if you feel like crying, then yeah, you're gonna want to watch this movie. This is a good movie to watch if you feel like crying. I always feel like crying. for someone who makes somebody everybody laugh all the time he's the sad person inside how it works uh you know i mean that's my job i make people laugh for a living but like you know especially me because and this is oh we might be getting too deep sorry for the podcast but someone like (laughs) i even like when if someone dies in my family if someone's sick i'm the person people go to for relief 
I'm the person people call when something sad happens because I will make them laugh. Mm -hmm. So when I watch movies or go for entertainment, I want to feel something because I don't get to have those same expressions because I have to be the strong, funny one all the time. So I connect to movies like this and Forrest Gump because of the of the the backness of the what the emotion of the person is instead of what the storyline kind of makes sense. So I think that's why me and Michael have a different um, perspective on movies. Yeah, I also, I mean, I was 40 when I realized you 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 don't have to be the strong, funny one. You can tell people in your family to fuck off. I'm going to be sad now. <laughs> you can yeah, yeah, do yeah. that, Chris. I promise you. It will be okay. You don't have to be the strong one. Guys, <laughs> is this therapy now? <laughs> Every family needs his backbone, so yeah. But oh. Yeah, but but the the one person being that it's not fair to that person. So you don't have to be that. I give you permission to be sad every now and then. (laughs) I give you permission to cry, sir. (laughs) I do it by myself watching Netflix. That's how I, (laughs) that's why I got, I mean, I wouldn't see this movie by myself in theater. And I mean, I, I love going to see movies by yourself because you can kind of just sit there and have your own thoughts, your own discussion about it. Um, I, I guess that's kind of weird to say I had a discussion with myself, but that's what I do. I, I sit, I watch a movie and then I, I enjoy it. And um, I don't go into movies expecting anything. And that's why I do have a lot more movies on a higher, you know, status that maybe you guys wouldn't. And I don't really care about the, all the extra stuff, um, the technical logic, because I think that's, in my opinion, logic doesn't matter in writing in my opinion, because you can create a universe. If we can create superheroes, then we can create anything. So it, it, it shouldn't matter if this storyline, the logic doesn't make sense that the, the that love, time, and death were playing themselves, playing themselves twice over, you know? And we don't even know that because, I mean, in reality, you did see the three of them on that bridge, and then they look away, and then they're gone. But that was a bridge above them. They could have just like <laughs> it went went to the back of the bridge. <laughs> went and, to the other and side. Were just gone. Like, oh, like can't see ya. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no saying that they were actual like it, they ghost, were giving ghost, ghost. they were giving them the idea of that with when they said that they set up it was like a callback to a earlier thing of where she said that a woman at the hospital said something to her about collateral beauty and then it happened to be the same woman who was playing death so mm-hmm. it's pretty much telling you that she was death in of herself so i mean that, that was the idea of it but uh it is no real tell but it's giving you the idea that it is they also never explained collateral beauty they said it a lot they said it like seven fucking times they're like oh collateral beauty collateral beauty but they never say what collateral beauty is supposed to mean it's like oh somebody's dying but see the collateral beauty in that what are you talking about and then you know say the phrase collateral beauty 10 more times i still don't know what it is real quick wait wait when I watched the movie yesterday, I was watching going, Mike's going to bring up how much they say collateral beauty. <laughs> they say it so much. <laughs> because they, you know what it was? It wasn't that they said it a lot in the movie. They said it a lot in one scene. It was one scene. They said it four or five times. 
and then they said it one more time at the end of the movie, and it just made it seem like they're gonna keep saying this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I understand. I knew you were gonna bring that up. <laughs> They said it so many times and they never explained it because collateral beauty is not a saying. It's not like something that you've ever heard before. It's not like it's in the zeitgeist. It's not like you know what they're talking about. So if you come up with a phrase like that, you have to tell me what that phrase is or even give me a clue as to what it is. You just said they were forcing you. Let, how do you feel? What do you think collateral beauty is, Mike? Tell us what you think. They're not collateral. Forcing, but yeah, I, I see. I don't think it's anything because it doesn't mean anything. It, the, because they're talking about when someone dies, that there is collateral beauty. So what I'm thinking is, you know, it's beauty that comes out of a bad situation, but in the movie, they're not showing you any of that stuff. All they're showing you is the guy dying of cancer and his wife being sad. Um, Will Smith not being able to function as a human being or get the help that he needs to even start making that turn. There is no beauty that comes out of any of the stuff that happens in this movie. What if, if, uh, the collateral beauty is that they're no longer with us here, but there are they are in a better place. That's kind of what I got out of it. Oh, like, see, is that as much as it sucks that they're not right beside you, they are knowingly they are in a better place. Well, and then <laughs> that would be That's... that would be something that I wouldn't have thought of because uh <laughs> <laughs> I think the only thing that comes out of, you know, when someone dies is you know, the flowers that come out of the ground where they're buried. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know um, because I grew up religious, but I also am going through this like midlife crisis of not understanding death at all. So right. <laughs> because they give so many different, um, this also another movie that, that gives me like where I try to overthink death and I get real weird because they give a little, it's like, do, does the writer know more about life than what we know? You know what I'm saying? So they give little things of sayings that may or may not happen that are cliche. Like the, you, have you ever seen the movie Lucy? Mm -mm. Oh, where she's like the telepath, that, or she becomes everything at the end because she um she had to smuggle drugs through. She got you know sex trafficked or something, and the drugs were something that got in her system, and she was able to open up a hundred percent of her mind, which yeah. gave the answers to life. It, it, I, I think it's a dope movie. You guys should watch it. Um. In that, they say a lot of things about, you know, little subtle things about what death could be. And all that kind of fucks, uh, freaks me out. So, uh, <laughs> because we truly don't know, even though I'm religious, yeah. I believe in that stuff. I also have my doubts. So, this collateral beauty to me, it could be what Dan's saying. It could be what you're saying. Um, I don't, I had to look up the definition of collateral. <laughs> um, one definition is a person having the same descent in a family as another, but a different line, which I don't know what that means. Other one would be something pledged in security for repayment of a loan to be forfeited in an event of default. So if I if I went off a definition or what I think it would be, it would be collateral beauty of like we get paid in moments in life and the moments were before the bad situation. So 
um, you know, the memories you had with the video with the daughter is the beauty in the life that you had. And that's what you're supposed to remember as collateral beauty. Or with Michael Penna, when she, Michael Penna is also one of my favorite actors. I meant to say that too. He's one of my absolutely, I don't think there's a movie I hate of his. Um, when he was dying of cancer, he was hiding it. And, his, and death told him, don't miss this opportunity to let them say goodbye. And I mm -hmm. think that was the collateral beauty of you have a moment to really live in the moment of this is it. Like when I think of that moment of all the time of like, if that's all I have, this is the last thing I could say to you, what would I do with that time? And I think that those are the moments that because there's so much other stuff going on, we miss that of the message of like, really, really live for what you have today. And same with the guy with his daughter. He's so worried about her being mad at him that he's not actually trying to live the life he can with her. You know, so it's all about what we can do with what we have and who we have it with and actually live in those moments. Is this getting too deep? Do we need to make some... We're getting deep on the podcast no, no, no. Today, guys. No, no, no. <laughs> and I totally agree with you there. Um, but I don't need a movie shoving that down my throat. Like I can figure that out myself. I don't, I don't need Will Smith's red, red eyes crying for an hour and a half. Like to tell me that, uh, you know, live your life and, you know, tell the people that you love, that you love them. Like, I don't need, I don't need Will Smith crying at me for an hour and a half to tell me that I, I know that. You might not, but I. But you're also forty. At twenty-seven, um, we don't think about stuff like that a lot of times. You're so worried about, oh man, we got to figure out how we're gonna make it, or we're gonna figure out how I'm gonna get famous, or how I'm gonna make money, and am I gonna find a wife? Am I gonna have kids? And you kind of forget to live the day you have, because that's where I struggle a lot, where I'm always looking ahead and I forget about today, and. Um, I needed that. I need these kind of movies to uh, remind you because you, we get so caught up in social media and videos of what everyone else is doing. You forget about you. And mm -hmm. and sometimes I even think it's about um, not even saying I love you. Um, I think, you know, I say I love you to my mom, my parents and my and my brother and everybody. But did I mean it? it was it just me re-saying the word over and over again? Did we lose sensitivity of it and desensitized it? Because the only thing in this world that we don't know about is death. We don't understand it. We don't know what happens. We we truly have no true knowledge about it other than we all die. So for us to not take that as seriously as we should, and we, you know, a lot of people don't, and they, you know, they don't love the people today and they let arguments go on for weeks and fights and all that stuff. I think that movies like this is important to kind of, if you really sit and think about it and go, oh, maybe I do need to do more with who I have now. And, you know, someone like you, Michael, you might have figured it out, but someone at 27 like me, we haven't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also, when I was 17, I got into a very serious car accident. Um, I had internal bleeding. Um, I broke my spine in three places. Um, and, you know, I was in the ICU for two weeks. Um, it, and maybe that did help me figure that stuff out when I was 17 years old, because I, that's something that I've never lost sight of. And I don't, I, I mean, I guess if you need a movie to do that, that's way better than almost dying when you're 17 years old. 
but <laughs> but I mean that might also have obscured you know how I feel about that kind of stuff because like I said I don't need a movie to tell me that especially when it's just this movie is just so heavy-handed it, it's like it is relentlessly telling you to be sad and I don't I hate movies that are just telling me, even if it's, even if it's to be, you know, even if it's to look on the bright side of life, like I don't need a movie pounding that into my head. Like, like I said, let me figure out how I want to feel about something. And this type of movie is not something that lets me do that. I, I like, I like to be, like I said, I like to have my intelligence respected by the movie <laughs> and not be told what I should be feeling. And I, not, I, yeah, go ahead, Dan. Oh, but not everybody's Michael Colby, so some people <laughs> need to be need to have this shoved in their face so they understand it. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good balance. Like you know, this is one movie. You know, say so out of the million movies that are made, I think it is good to have some that are heavy handed and some that aren't at all. You know, like you said, like Forrest Gump didn't have enough character art. And this one might have had too much, where it was too mm -hmm. much. And so, and I think that's good to have these kind of balances. And, you know, in, in this movie, I just I just connected to it a lot because I'm a softie. I'm a girl. People don't know that. I, <laughs> and when children or women die in movies, since I was mm -hmm. a kid. When Scream was my least favorite movie growing up because the girl dies in the beginning, I shut it off when I was like eight. I never watched movies like that. I hated Jaws because the women die. I hate, I've always hated women and children die. Fuck men. But <laughs> <laughs> they die all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so stuff like this, I connect to um, a lot more. Uh, we're only 30 minutes in, and I feel like we've gotten a lot, a uh, long way. Um, what would you do to this movie to make it better, to make it more your speed? What do you think they could have done? Uh, put a little bit of laughter into it, maybe. I know it's a it's a heartfelt movie, and you're supposed to be, you're supposed to have a tissue box next to you when you're watching it. But you know, put a little laughter into it a little bit. You know, don't make it such, I don't know, I don't know, such a crybaby movie. I mean, I did enjoy the movie. It was entertaining. I watched the entire thing, so it was, it was. I don't know, but I didn't cry. But I could I could see why people would, and I just think it needs it needs a little bit more comedy. Maybe get had have Edward Norton get punched or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I was also thinking that like you have a lot of actors in this movie that are known to be comedic actors, and it doesn't need like it definitely didn't need to be a comedy, um, but it could have had you know a line every once in a while or something that happens that just lightens it up. Even maybe that would have even helped if, if it would have had two or three times where it lightened up from. I mean, this this movie from the get go was just a dark rain cloud just pouring on me the entire time. And if it if it would have had like a little break in the clouds where some sun could shine through, you know, maybe besides the end where Will Smith and you know, the woman are, you know, holding hands and walking down the street. Like that was nice. Y you know, you start to see that he is getting over it. 
maybe something as simple as maybe not making everything so dire. Maybe this could have happened one year afterwards and maybe the, his entire corporate, like his entire business isn't crumbling around him because he's been unable to do anything for three years. You know, maybe it's just starting. Maybe we don't have his friends that he's had since I think they said like middle school Mm -hmm. gaslighting him into thinking that, you know, hiring a private detective to steal his mail so that they know what's going on with him. Like everything seemed a little bit too dire. Like we're about to, you know, 75 people are about to lose their jobs. Maybe, you know, Oh, this is starting to get ridiculous. It's been a year, you know, our clients are starting to think that this is weird. Maybe it's not. And get Will Smith some help. Like, let him be able to be helped. Because after three years, I don't care what your tragedy was. If you let it go on for three years without getting any sort of help, that's unhealthy and he probably wouldn't have even been in as good of a shape as he was after three years without getting any sort of help. They, they said that he, that he was just, uh, they said it really early. It was quick that he was terrorizing the therapist or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was a quick little line, but um, I do, I do agree. I said this too. I was like, um, because last week you weren't here, Dan, I made a joke or not a joke, but I was saying that I felt Forrest Gump had enough, uh, a perfect amount of comedic tone to it. And they were saying that comedy isn't part of Forrest Gump. And I was going to make that joke with this movie, but there really isn't much, but I think they tried, but they, it didn't, it wasn't executed because there are lines that would have been funny if delivered correctly. The, um, the dad who uh, like is falling in love with love. He mm-hmm. was, he was supposed to be, I think the more witty comedic guy, kind of goofy and he, it was almost like a Chandler Bing, but not good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I think daughter's um, talk at the end was supposed to be a little funny where she's like, I don't believe you're stalking me and I'll make you pay for it if it's free. You know, that was supposed to be funny. And then time was also had some witty things that were supposed to come off funny that I think because it was such a heavy movie, they kind of got brushed under the radar because the little talk between him and the woman about the baby issues had comedic writing, but it just wasn't, it didn't hit, you know what I'm saying? So I think they tried, I just don't think it was executed also because the characters they were using for it weren't the main comedian characters. You have Will Smith and Michael Penna who are known as comedic actors mm-hmm. are playing two of the most serious roles. One yeah. who's cancer and one whose daughter died of cancer. So those two characters, um, I wish there was more of a connection because with Will Smith knowing his daughter died of cancer, right? Is that what she died of? Yeah, brain yeah. Uh, a rare form of brain cancer, which they yeah. also said about 1,600 times in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then his best friend dying of cancer, and he knew it. For that not to be a little bit more of a deeper moment, um, I think was a miss, but... Um, no, I think I think it had its moments to do it, and I think it, it did miss. It did need comedic um, timing in this, and I think that's what was missing out of this. But I still love this movie, and I do put it up there as his best movie because I just enjoyed it. Like 
I love all the Will Smith movie. Mm-hmm. I love Seven Pounds. A lot of people don't, you know, have that. Seven Pounds was my favorite Will Smith movie until uh, Collateral Beauty came out. And then I have I Am Legend and the other ones, you know, that I like. So uh, I Am I Legend is cool. It just it really it really dicked up the ending of that movie of that yeah, book. Like it was a the, cool movie the, the, until like the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, the ending <laughs> of that book is incredible, and they dicked it so bad <laughs> that I was like, "Oh fuck this movie!" <laughs> On TikTok, there's an alternate ending to that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it probably is closer to what the the ending of the book is where the I I mean, I don't know, but the ending of the book is that the like the vampire things are telling the story of him to their children like he's legend because he's the bad guy of their story. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. But instead, we got this like very lame ending where he saves everybody. And yeah, it it wasn't cool. (laughs) In the alternate ending, it was like he didn't he didn't throw the grenade and kill himself or whatever. It was something different. Like he let the he let the main vampire in because that was his wife or something, and they saved each other together. It was something crazy. Okay, I I just thought of something else that that could have been um, better about this movie is they could have spent a little bit more time before the time jump explaining how these people were very good friends from a long time ago because by the time by the time you get that time jump like you don't really understand that these people you you just think that they work together Mm -hmm. and you learn through the movie that that they've been friends for a long time but it it never it never hits the way it should like if i knew from the jump that these people were all friends, like really good friends. They hang out all the time. And, you know, we've known each other since we were 15 years old. We started this business together and then we have the time jump. And now all of a sudden, you know, all of this stuff is going on. Probably would have, you know, maybe, maybe then I wouldn't have felt like, my emotions were just being manipulated because I would have actually felt something for these people who were trying so hard to get their friend back. They told you instead of showing you. Yes. And that was, the, that's the problem is because that was, know. yeah, that was definitely the problem. And, and I, I get that. That makes sense. Cause I do agree. It went, it went right into sadness immediately. It was mm-hmm. 30 seconds of, Oh man, we'll, uh, Will Smith is this this uh, vibrant character mm-hmm. to darkness really fast, yeah. um, and I do get that. That does make sense. Um, my my next question is going to be: Do you feel like it was casted correctly? Do you feel like someone tainted the movie at all, or do you think that everyone fit in the characters they what they were? I think the cast was was pretty good. I was actually surprised by how many known people were in it, and i I liked every single I liked every single cast member in here so yeah the the cast was definitely great i was like really surprised by the kid who played the time character Mm -hmm. he was amazing like that was great the only thing i might have done was if you would have flipped edward norton and will smith maybe some of that stuff that edward norton's character was supposed to be like you have, I, I mean, I don't care who you are. Edward Norton is 
less charismatic than Will Smith. Mm-hmm. So if you would have had Will Smith as sort of the funny charismatic character and Edward Norton as the sad bastard, maybe that would have worked better. The, everything else could have been the same. You flip those two and maybe, you know, maybe our, I'm going to put jokes in quotation marks, but maybe our jokes work a little bit better because we have somebody with better comic timing. Edward Norton is a great serious actor. Um, so maybe some of that stuff wouldn't have felt like he was chewing it up as much as Will Smith was. Mm-hmm. Um, that may have been all it took to have flipped me on this movie. Uh, I, I would say, I don't know what movies Edward Norton is. He's probably one of the only ones I didn't know in this one. Um, but he he would play a great Scrooge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge. Did he ever... Did he ever play? I don't even know. He may have. I don't know. I just thought of that. Like, I was like, oh, he would play a good Yeah. The other thing about this is, like, the fact that it was set at Christmas time felt felt like they wanted it to be important, but it never was important. I think that's my least favorite part about this, was that it was set around Christmas time. Because it didn't feel like a Christmas movie. It was overly sad. It wasn't about the holidays. It was it was about this story, and I think that was just a part that didn't need to be added at all. Yeah, so I do, definitely. I do um, think that that could have been different. Um, casting wise, I loved time. I was going to bring him up. Um, I don't know what he's uh, else he's done, but I thought he played that character super well. And um, also, love. I thought she was so emotionally like um, just it. Like any word she said, I believe when it came to what love was. Um, Death. I mean, she, she, she's, yeah, she. Death. I, I, I love. Think, I think she was the most effective one of the three. Like, I mean, that's Helen Mirren. That's Helen Mirren, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's an amazing actress. And then when she got, you know, when she was in the costume with the with the feathery boa, and she's got like she's all blue for some reason. But when she was talking to him, I did feel like she was the one who was getting through to him the most, which I, I mean, that I appreciated that. The the love character, I think they could have done a little bit more with her. But, you know, she even said it. She was like, I don't think I got through to him when she was talking to him because I was too wishy-washy. And it's like, that sort of is how love works, but it, yeah, it, if maybe yeah. a little bit stronger of an actress playing her would have, because she was fine, but maybe you know somebody who was a little bit more up and down rather than her who felt like she was in the middle. And then was talking about how up and down she was, but she really wasn't. I can see that. Uh, what I loved about the deaf character was when she was trying to play all the roles because it made so much sense when she does, you know, you find out that she's actually deaf because she's like, oh, I can do love way better and time really way better. It shows that death is very um, selfish and to them, you know what I'm saying? Like it just added to that, I think. I think it was like, mm-hmm. oh, that means like, Death thinks it's love and time. It controls all. And I thought that that was so much deepness into that character that I loved a lot. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's also definitely true. Like she did say something about, you know, without, without me, time and love mean nothing. Because if you have an infinite amount of time, it means nothing. You can love whatever. whoever you want, wherever you want, for however long you want. And you have as much time to do everything that you want. So, I mean, that was definitely right. So I think that this movie had a lot of great parts and messages and deepness to it. But I think the the underlying deepness that, you know, you... It, it, it gets missed because of all the heavy handed writing that you said. And I do understand that. And I think that if they maybe brought down that a little bit, you would have got all these deeper messages a lot faster and felt it a lot more. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. Because when, when the writing is trying to manipulate what I'm supposed to feel, I'm not feeling what they want me to feel. And this movie had a lot of feelings that could have been expressed like now that I'm thinking about it, it wouldn't have taken much. It would have taken a little bit, you know, take, take your foot off the gas on the sadness a little bit. Let the movie breathe a little bit. Uh, this will be the first time you've ever heard me say this, but it could have been 15 minutes longer and it, it would have been more effective. Um, like eight to 10 minutes longer. It would have, yeah, it wouldn't have even needed to be the whole 15. Yeah. Because it was, I thought that's why, you know, I love short movies. I don't, I'm not a, you know, I, I like, you know, Forrest Gump's one of my favorite. That's a two hour, 50 minute movie. Mm -hmm. The only movie you'll catch me saying that, <laughs> but I also never watched it all at once. And we talked about that last week. It was, it's great in chunks. So I only watched it at 45 minute period. So with this only being an hour and a half, I thought it was a perfect, it got in, it made you feel something, it got out. But if you added more, it would have maybe gave that breath to where it wasn't, boom, she's dead, boom, he's dying, boom, mm -hmm. boom. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just a lot. So I do understand that, and I do respect that. But here's my rebuttal. That is the negative part. There's one negative thing. It's not like an abundance of negative. It's not like it's, oh, man, the story was rough. It was heavy handed. They casted it wrong. Oh man, Will Smith sucked. His acting was horrible. No acting was bad in this. Mm -hmm. Nope. Also, the the story was actually a good story. It was just overwritten. Um, so if you underwrite it a little bit, it's still a great storyline, and it has a gr great character arcs in each character. It just wasn't executed as well as it could have been. So um, before we we announce our reels, I think we're going to wrap this up. But before we announce our reels and have our last topic. Think about that before you confirm your reels in <laughs> of that. It was just overly written and, and high, um, high noted or emotion. If you take that away, it's great casting. It's great acting. It's a, it's a, a, a decent storyline. If it was done right, we would rewatch the movie to find the story. Um, and it, it did have feelings. It did have something in substance behind it. So with that being said, let's do our last, um, Last, hey, that's hey, that's I, I'm a great lawyer, man. I would have got, <laughs> <have> got y'all <laughs> up a reel or two, even a half reel, man, helps me out a lot here. Um, <laughs> reels matter. Um, I gave this movie a 9.5, and I know that's high on most movies, but these are my favorite movies. 
I can watch the, I've watched this movie six times. Every time I get emotional, every time I have some tear in my eye at some point in the movie, um, there's no part in this movie where I'm like, I fucking hate this movie. I, I shut it off. <laughs> this movie all the way through and not have an issue. I don't fall asleep. It's it's the perfect movie to me. So 9.5 for this for me. Dan, last thoughts? Uh, I, I enjoyed the movie. and like It kept my attention throughout the whole thing. It wouldn't be my first pick to go back and watch, but I, I would give it a solid six. Like I'll meet you guys in the middle in solid six. Dan, you have seven in the chat, Dan. I did. I brought it down a reel. Oh, no. This is a great... <laughs> How do wow, your, your lawyering did the opposite on Dan. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's probably not going to be my go-to to go watch it again. And like, I'll probably watch it if I walk in on my fiancé watching it. So, yeah, at six. But for your first time ever watching it and never hearing about it, um, I think that this is a good watch. Like, I think it's not like something like, oh, man, this is never going to be watched again. Um, it, it was better than I expected. And then also, if you have like if you if you're on a date, you know, Michael, I think you're married. I think you're both married. But if you're, uh, you know, if, like if it, this is a good, you know, get, <laughs> I'm saying you got to date. Girls like those sad movies. Take Jasmine 6.5. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right, Michael. Uh, well, go ahead. we're not counting your your reels, Jasmine. But uh, <laughs> um, sorry, Jasmine. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm not going up any reels. I'm sorry, Chris. Um, you you are right. Everything you said was right. Um, it, this movie does have a decent storyline that is overwritten. Um, it's too heavy handed, uh, but the cast is great. Uh, but the problem is it was overwritten. It was too heavy handed. I was not having a good time while I was watching this movie. It, it, like not a, not necessarily a good time. Even a, an, I, I wasn't being entertained. I was being irritated because I was being told how I should be feeling. Plus it, it was, it was well-directed except for the fact that it had 17 overhead shots of the city, which I don't know why they kept doing that, but it stuck out. Like they did it so much that it stuck out to me. I'm like, why do they keep flying over this city? I guess they rented a helicopter or something and wanted to get their money's worth out. Of it. It's the but, beauty part of the movie, but yeah, well, it wasn't because they had some beautiful shots in this movie, like even Will Smith being sad, sitting in the middle of his living room, looking out the window in the dark looked nice. Like the, the shots were framed nicely. It was just, we kept showing this, this weird moving overhead shot of New York city. And it, it irritated me that it was, and, but yeah, it was heavy handed. It was overwritten. Um, it was manipulating my emotions and I don't appreciate that. Um, it did go up two reels since after I watched it yesterday, um, <laughs> but it went up two reels to an entire four. Um, <laughs> but if if I would have finished watching this right after, like right before we started recording, like Dan did, it would have been a two. So <laughs> before we confirm that four, Michael, <laughs> you if you want to if you want it to go down, you're gonna lawyer me some more. I will bring it down two more. Hey, wait, real quick. This is it. This is it. I'm just, I just, a four. 
is below average, right? Mm-hmm. That means that being a, a decent movie is ah, neutral is a five. This might not be your favorite movie, all right? This might be awful. This might be something you never watch again. But is it as bad as some of the movies we've watched that you've given less than a five? Well, Ooh. no, it it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad as a quiet place that I gave a three to. It wasn't as bad as army of the dead or uh, tomorrow war, which I gave a two to. So I am giving it more than that, but it was because of how, like I had such a strong aversion to how heavy handed this was that, like I said, I came up to it's still below average. I did not have a good time watching this movie. I wouldn't recommend this to anyone. Like there are sad movies that I can recommend to people. This would not be one of them because of how heavy handed it is. It is well acted, but I mean, you can find a million Will Smith movies. You can find a million Edward Norton movies. You can find a million Helen Mirren movies. To say you wouldn't recommend it, I wouldn't. To anyone. Wait, what if the situation was someone was like, hey, I don't want to overwrite, so I need a recommendation for a movie that's overwritten. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Wouldn't you? (laughs) In that very specific case. um, But here's the thing, though. If you're trying to get me up a reel, what you're saying is... If someone asked me how to not write a movie, would I recommend this? Yes, because this is not how I want my movies written. So it's a four. (laughs) And if you say one more word trying to get me up to a five, it will go back down to a two. (laughs) A five. I just wanted a 4.5. That's all I was asking. Okay. So in total, this is 19.5 out of 30 reels, making it a 6.5 real movie. I'll take that. Um, I think it's like 0.4 less than four is gum. And it was, I think Quiet Place was like 5.8. You guys hated that. <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible movie. Consistent with my three movies. They're right around five and six. So my <laughs> next two are both. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to get Mike on either of these because have you seen, you've seen Lion King? Yeah. Right? Lion Mike? King is fine. Lion King, I promise you will be above a five. <laughs> So that uh, we're watching um, the the uh, remake. It's not the original. That's fine. Okay, I'm just joking. No, no, is it <laughs> the original? Does the, does the remake have songs? Because if the remake doesn't have songs and we watch the remake, it'll be higher. Oh, it'll okay. be higher. <laughs> um, and I did had- see that your number one movie had um, uh, your boy uh, Marky Mark, and that's that's already a like that's a started an eight because I have to watch Mark Wahlberg. Quick before because I I want to bring this up. One number one, my number one movie is Instant Family with Mark Wahlberg, but it has Tom Segura in it, who is an amazing comedian, and he does make it you know help. And Eliza Eliza Schlesinger helps mm-hmm. them. Oh, I love Eliza Schlesinger. Oh, it does so bring it back up to a 10 for those reasons <laughs> <laughs> and then let it come down but uh okay <laughs> so you know those are going to be in a, a few months because we're still we're this is the start of movie week number three mm-hmm. so now we're on our three favorite movies um so i'm excited to see your guys' next movies um mike you said what was your next one uh robocop robocop and dan what's your number three favorite movie 
Mall rats. Oh, okay. I'm Dan's definitely... favorite. Dan's third favorite movie is Breakfast Club, but somehow yeah, we, but we switched, switched up. Oh, okay. So it, it's Mall Rats now. <laughs> guys, this was uh, the Real Boys. Um, we appreciate you guys checking us out and watching Collateral Beauty with us. This Friday, we are watching Back to the Future at 11 p.m. Eastern time because we. Um, because we live in a capitalist hellscape and people who go to the hospital need to have GoFundMes made so that they can afford to live through a hospital stay. So we are doing a charity uh, stream from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. on Friday. Uh, the scene stop the scene. <laughs> the scene snobs network. Uh, which we are a part of, is having a 12-hour stream. Our slot is 11 p.m. Uh, we're going to be talking about Mick Manhattan's favorite movie, which is Back to the Future. And uh, can we maybe turn this into a give everyone in the country healthcare stream? Ooh, that's political. That's okay. I can't, I, I can't cross that bridge. I am going to get political <laughs> on the real boys. Give people health care. Being alive is a right. Stop making us pay to be healthy. Fucking sucks. This country is bullshit. I mean, I, he's not wrong. I <laughs> <laughs> All of those things are right. I am a leftist agitator, Marxist, anti-American. Fucking give me health care and maybe I'll calm the fuck down. I mean, as a comedian, we don't get health benefits. So uh, <laughs> a checkup in six years. So uh, I'm not I'm not against what he's saying. Um, but check in back if you want to hear Michael rant about um, things that we shouldn't talk about on the thing. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, at 8 p.m. We'll be watching Mallrats, which is Dan's third favorite movie. So come there and I'll be shitting on that movie while Michael talks about how Trump was way better than Joe Biden. Um, I, you will never hear me say that. I'm not a big fan of Joe Biden, but you also, I don't even like to joke about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just joking. Uh, make sure you guys check out The Real Boys. Subscribe to our Facebook and our <laughs> Twitter. Um, make sure you guys check out our Facebook and our subscribe to our YouTube for um, all our, our, our episodes. We do episodes twice a week. Make sure you guys subscribe to that. Real quick, Dan, um, tell us where we can find you and your name. Dan Levy, Levy, Levy. You can catch me at Oops Caught Me Smoking um, on Saturdays. We're, we go, we're going to start going live again here in a couple weeks. And um, you can catch me on Bet That every Thursday night live on nine at 9 p.m. EST. And also, you can catch me on The Real Boys every Monday and Friday. Oh, thanks, Dan. All hey. right. I'm Michael Colby. Um, Jack Billings presents Haunted Apartment Complex. We are recording episodes tomorrow. And then next Tuesday, they are going to start coming out. So subscribe to that. Um, Generation Clash. No time to binge. I love this terrible game. And... Um, Real boys every Monday and Friday. Uh, let's get out the guillotines and chop some of these billionaires' heads off and give us our freaking health. Next. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm Chris Harvey. I was the host and MC for the evening. I appreciate you guys for watching. Make sure you guys check out the Chris Plus Chris show on all social media um, 
platforms for uh, podcasting. And check out Chris Harvey Comedy on all social media. I got upcoming shows. I'll be in South Carolina coming up. I'll be in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio coming up. I'll be in Alabama coming up. I live in Atlanta, so you can catch me anytime out here. Make sure you guys check out my schedule for upcoming shows. Uh, follow us on social media. Uh, see you guys this Friday. Back to the Future, Monday, Mall Raps. Big shout out to our producer who's uh, behind the scenes, Dylan, for doing all the work for us. We appreciate you guys. Come see us again.